today we celebrate the hope found in Jesus' death and resurrection. And it is truly a day of hope. It's truly a day where we find ourselves coming through difficult seasons. You know, I think we can all agree that this past year has been a difficult one. It's had its fair share of challenges. And no matter how you've kind of navigated through, I'm sure at times you've found this past season to be difficult. And it's touched us all in different ways and at times probably left many of us feeling hopeless. And today we understand that that, that, that feeling of hopelessness sometimes can follow us even into church. Enduring lockdowns and uncertainty in our jobs this past year, students stuck at home in front of screens, many struggling with the feelings of isolation and loneliness and even aloneness, where we just feel alone. Worry for our own health and the health of those that we love. Concerned. Frustrated with the ever-changing mandates and directives. Maybe you find yourself in that place of, of, of wondering when all this craziness is going to subside a little bit. Shoot, last, last year we didn't even get to celebrate Easter together. We were distanced and we were isolated at home. And as you come in today, you might find yourself hoping for many things. Hoping to have the ability to see family again. Hoping to find consistency and security at work and in your job. Hoping the vaccinations work. Hoping you can stop having to wear a mask soon. Life can feel a little bit like an emotional roller coaster at times. Would you agree? I remember... uh, a couple of years back, we were taking our oldest son, Elijah, down to college, and we had dropped him off down at GCU in Arizona, and we'd done a road trip, you know, packed everybody in, and, you know, we, we, we love each other that much. And so we soldiered down to Arizona, and we had planned to come back up through California. And so we came up through California, and we stopped in Knott's Berry Farm with Micah and Leah, and we thought, we're going to have a fun day at the, at the park and I remember, you know, I'm kind of a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. Our kids, maybe not so much, but they were good sports, and they were jumping on all the, all the rides and the roller coasters. And I remember we got on this one of those old rickety wood roller coasters, you know, the ones that jar your, your jaws loose when you go around the corners. So we get on, and, and uh, Mike is sitting next to me, and, and Leah and Gretchen are in the car in front of us. And I remember we were going up the little, the little thing, and, you know, it just kind of makes that clicking noise, like click, 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 click. And then you get up to the top, and uh, it, it crests the top, and we come around this corner. It's, it's just about to drop. Micah's sitting next to me, and we, go, we start to go over the edge, and he's like, no, no, no. And I was like, what in the world's going on? And I was crying. I was laughing so hard because I was like, buddy, we're going. Like, the, it, you can say no all you want, but we're going. We went over the edge, and, and we, we, we all lived to, lived to see another day. But sometimes, sometimes, that's what life feels like. We're coming to the edge of, of, of an uncertain season, and we're looking over, and we're just like, no. And we can find ourselves hopeless. We can find ourselves struggling with the uncertainty that lies before us. What we need so much is to feel a sense of hope, to feel a sense of security. And the reality is too often the, the world mistakes hope for wishful thinking. 
We can find ourselves tossing hope around like a, like a catchphrase or, a, or a, a polite way of approaching conversation. You know, I, I hope you get that job. I hope you have a good day. I hope everything works out. I hope you feel better soon. I hope they knock you out when they pull those wisdom teeth out because Lord knows you don't want to be awake for that. But today we can set aside wishful thinking or wishful hope and speak, or, or the, the idea that we got to speak the right things into the universe. i gotta, I got to say the right things, or you know, things aren't going to go good for me. We can set that stuff aside. Because true hope isn't found in a hoped-for outcome or a particular situation. It isn't found in a temporary peace or calm experienced in a season of life. It's not what hope's about. It's always found in the one true source of hope. That's Jesus. Today we want to look at what the Bible says about this promise of hope. And we're going to spend some time reading 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. If you have your Bibles, you can flip with me there. If you don't, uh, we have our notes and the scriptures um, on the YouVersion Bible app. You can navigate there and just search for Neighborhood Church. And you can join us throughout the service there. But 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, you may, have to, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may, re- may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Would you pray with me this morning? God, we thank you we can have hope today. We can have hope of a future. We can have hope in the midst of uncertainty because you are good and you are love and you loved us so much that you sent your son so that we could have life and life more abundant. And so today we come into this place with all sorts of things and we understand that today is not a day of heartache or hurt. Today should be a day of celebration as we embrace the hope that we find in Jesus. Let's speak to our hearts today. I pray you transform us from the inside out, and we thank you, God, for your love. pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as we celebrate today the most amazing act of obedience and sacrifice, we can be encouraged by the hope we find in Jesus' victory over death and the grave. We should be encouraged. The question becomes, how do we transition ourselves from living with wishful thinking to walking daily in authentic hope? How do we make that transition of, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, to understanding, I have hope because I follow Jesus, because I've made this decision to allow the Spirit of God to be at work in my life. The secret is understanding the truth that hope has a name, and that name is Jesus. 
to walk daily in hope, we have to embrace a few realities. The first one is this. True hope is not circumstantial. True hope is not dictated by the circumstances and the situations of life. Too often we place our hope in a desired outcome or result. If this happens, oh man, life will be good. If, if I could just get that promotion, everything's going to be okay. The reality is we place our hopes in things that are temporary, that shift and change. I hope I can get this job. I hope we can go on a family vacation this year. I hope we can make ends meet. I hope, I hope, I hope. You know, Gretchen and I spent many years looking at situations in our lives using the phrase, we'll figure it out. Not a great, not a great uh, life plan, by the way, just in case you're looking for one. But we would, we would say that often when we were approaching decisions, sometimes it was something as simple as, where, where, where do you want to have lunch? I don't figure it out. We'd drive around for hours. You know. Sometimes it was something as, as big as, well, you know, I think we... I think I need to look for a new job. I think I will figure it out. And it often left us without a plan. It left us with a lot of uncertainty. It regularly put us in a place where we really weren't believing God for anything because we didn't have a plan. Because of our own inability to believe God for more, our hope at times turned out to be more disappointment, frustration, confusion. I remember we, some years ago, we, Gretchen and I love watching movies. We're actually semi-professional movie watchers. So if you're trying to get into that industry, we can help you. But we watched a movie called Night and Day. If you're familiar with this movie, it's not night like night night. It's night like night in shining armor. It's a movie with, with Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz, and, and it's, a, it's a great movie. It's kind of an action-packed, but I guess it's... it's um, what the guys on the staff tell me is, is called a rom-com, which apparently is a romantic comedy. At the tender age of 43, I just figured out what a rom-com is. So if you're not familiar with it, there you go. But it's a great movie. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's got a lot of action like Tom Cruise movies do. But it's, it's, it's a cute kind of fun comedy as well. And so there's this one scene in, in Night and Day where Cameron Diaz and Tom Cruise are on this plane. And Cameron Diaz's character doesn't realize that everybody on the plane is out to kill Tom Cruise, right, to take him out. So they're sitting there, and they're, they're conversing. And uh, Tom Cruise says, you know, what, what do you, you know, what are some of your hopes and dreams? What are some of the things that you, you want to do? Cameron Diaz starts listing off all these things. I, oh, someday I want to do this, and someday I want to go there, and someday I want to snorkel in the Great Barrier Reef, and someday I want to do this and this and this. Tom Cruise's response is interesting. He said, someday. That's a dangerous word. It's really just a code for never. I don't know about you, but there's those times in my life where I've said, someday, someday, someday. Someday I'll do this. Someday I'll give up this life addiction that's destroying my life. Someday I'll, I'll make a decision to, to, to grow closer to God. Someday I'll pick up my Bible and I'll start reading it to see what the promises are. Someday, someday, someday. And eventually it becomes never. We find ourselves in that place where we are in hopeless 
We're disappointed and we're frustrated and we're confused because we've put off our some days. The reality is true hope is found in Jesus' response to our situation. In her book, Brave Enough, an author by the name of Nicole Eunice writes about the word tharseo in Scripture and how it's used four places in the gospel, and each time it's spoken by Jesus himself. Tharseo in the Greek translates to take courage, or in Scripture, take heart. Take courage, take heart. To a paralyzed man lowered down to Jesus by his four friends who scaled a roof and took apart the roof in order to help their friend. Jesus said, take heart, my son. Your sins are forgiven in Matthew chapter 9, verse 2. To the woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years, she'd been hemorrhaging blood 12 years. And she thought, if I could just get close enough to touch his garment, I could be healed. And Jesus turned, and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well. To the disciples alone in the boat, out on a storm-tossed sea, freaking out. They're losing their minds. We're going to die. We're all going to die. Jesus has taken a nap. Jesus wakes up, and immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. And then the next words out of his mouth were, Peace be still, and the storm calmed. That's the power of the Jesus we're talking about. And then to the the disciples and to us, in John chapter 16, Jesus, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Take heart, I have overcome the world. That should give us hope that no matter what happens. So take heart. It's Jesus we need. It's in his presence we find courage, and we find forgiveness, and we find healing, and yeah, we find the hope we've been looking for in the midst of our circumstances. We need to know that true hope is not circumstantial. The second thing is this. The grace given through Jesus' death and resurrection is the greatest source of hope. Jesus said yes to coming to live a perfect life and dying a shameful death so that you and I could have life and life more abundant. He said yes to the worst, worst form of execution that anybody could ever conceive. And he did it because he loved us. God loved us that much. We have to understand that hope is not actually ever a what, a when, or a why. Hope is always a who. I hope my parents get me a fire truck for Christmas. Or the jersey that I referenced last week, 49ers jersey that I didn't get for Christmas a few years ago. Half the family did, but I didn't get one. I hope my kids won't hate me when I remove their gaming system because they didn't do their homework again. That's purely a hypothetical. That has never happened in our home. Twice. But when we take stock in God's love and Jesus' 
sacrifice, our hope should always rest in the who. It should always rest in what God is doing in our midst. Romans chapter 5, verse 15 says this, But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Jesus paid the price. Jesus went to the cross so that we didn't have to. Because when we were making our decisions, when we were far from God, when we were going the wrong direction and we were destroying our lives by the things that we were doing, that's when God said, I'm sending you for them. Scripture says, while we were still sinners, Christ died. We were living for ourselves, chasing our own desires. Scripture tells us we were separated from God. That's when he showed up. In his great love, he knew the only way to restore relationship to his created was to send Jesus. So he did. And we can't get too caught up in focusing on the day-to-day difficulties, or we can miss the greatest reason for hope. God's love and his plan and purpose for your life and for mine. Because he didn't create you accidentally. Like, oh, yep, that one was was a mistake. No, every one of us was created with a plan. The Bible says he, he knows the hairs on your head. He knows your days. He knows your beginning from your end. He knew you before you were knit in your mother's womb. That's what the Bible tells us. God's love and his plan for your life is greater than you could ever imagine. We have to understand that true hope is not found in the circumstances of life. And that hope and grace are given through Jesus' death and resurrection. The final thought is this. Living hope is meant to be shared, not pursued. The hope that we find in Jesus is meant to be shared. Not something that we chase like, like it's you know, just out of reach. Gosh, it seems like every time I get close to it, it moves. That's not the God that we serve. He doesn't move. He's not like, hey, come here. And then he moves. No, God is constant. His love is constant. And at times we can fall into the trap of believing that hope is a destination to be pursued. I can only get an answer in this situation, I'll have hope. If I reach this milestone in life, that's going to be great then. The reality is the living hope we find in Jesus is meant to be shared with everyone we meet. We call it a living hope. That's what Scripture calls it, a living hope. And that living hope is anchored in the past. Matthew chapter 28, verse 6 says, He is not here, he has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Jesus isn't dead. That's why we celebrate Easter. He's not in the tomb. He's risen. And we can have hope. It continues into the present. Jesus is alive. Colossians 3.1, since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. 
continues in our present. Jesus is alive, and he's interceding for you and for me. And it endures into the future. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes would not perish but have eternal life. That's a pretty amazing promise. That our hope endures into the future, a promise of new life, of eternal life even. Eternity's a long, stinking time last time I checked. I'm not a gambling man. I don't promote gambling. But if I was, I would gamble on the side of Scripture being real and true and maybe go that way. But hope is an anchor. It's an anchor for our lives. It's an anchor for our soul. I remember, I remember a few years back going on a fishing trip. We were, we were uh, ministering up in Salem, and uh, we had one of the people in the church say, hey, we want to take you out deep sea fishing. I was like, sweet, that sounds great. Little did I know. So we go out of Newport, and we're in this little, like, 20-foot metal boat, and we went out 34 miles into the ocean which is just far enough to go out where you can no longer see the shore, which isn't really that big of a deal until you turn around and you go, huh. And I started doing math, which I'm not real great at, in my head and thought, if this boat starts to sink, I don't think I'm going to be able to make that swim. And just then I thought, okay, this is, this is, this is not great. And in the midst of that, we were, we were out there fishing, we were halibut fishing, you know, so you're in this tiny little boat, you're out in the ocean, and tossed all over the place. We would start to, when we were down, we were at a place called the Rock Pile, because apparently I think there's some rocks 600 feet down, I don't know. Anyways, so we'd cast, and we were fishing away, and, you know, 30, 45 minutes would go by, and I'd, I'd hear the, the, boat, the, the boat motor start back up, and I'm like, what are we doing? Where are we going somewhere else? And we'd have to go back over to the rock pile because we drift and we drift like thousands of yards and you never you didn't really know because there was no there was no point there was no there was no reference point so you didn't know you were drifting and we get off this place and then we'd have to come back over here and cast again and very much that is what life is like is if we don't have an anchor if we have something to keep us firm and secure where God has placed us, we will drift, and we will drift, and we will drift. And sooner or later, we will be miles from when God intended us to be, and we'll be into stuff that God never wanted us to be into, and we will, we will endure destructive patterns. We will bring things on ourselves that are heart-wrenching and heart-aching, and eventually, we'll find ourselves in a place of hopelessness. That's not God's desire. His desire is that we would have that anchor of living hope. And people can't survive without hope. Hope is what gets us through the difficulties and the struggles. Hope can keep us from being fearful in the midst of uncertainty. Hope will help us not to be drugged down by the evil in the world. I got news, people. It is crazy in the world. You don't have to look very far to see evil. 
You don't have to look too far to see hatred. You don't have to look too far to see people treating one another like there's no value in life. And that is not what God intended. He intended us to love one another. He intended us to share hope. He intended us to share his hope. Knowing the hope that we have is secure should lead us to share it. Should lead us to want other people to experience that kind of hope. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Just like that boat. Got to put the anchor down, otherwise we're going to drift. God's desire is that we would feel secure in Him. That we would experience hope amidst craziness of life. And in a world that is constantly shifting and changing, people need an anchor. They need that hope. Jesus is that anchor, not just in our life circumstances. He's the anchor for our souls. I don't know about you, but I don't just want to be feeling okay about life. I want to be able to lay my head down at night, be able to close my eyes and say, God, I know that you're in control. I trust you in the midst of this. I know it's going to be okay, no matter what happens. I remember the day that I I sat at my parents' little island, and I remember everything was being stripped away from my life. I remember thinking, I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to lose my family. I'm going to lose my marriage. I'm going to lose my ministry. I'm going to lose everything. And it was in that moment that God spoke to my heart and said, am I enough? Can you trust me if everything else is gone? And I had to make a decision. And I said, God, I don't, I don't care if I lose everything. My hope is in you. My trust is in you. And that was the moment when everything changed for me. Jesus is the anchor, not just for your life, for your soul. There's a familiar pastor, Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest orators of our generation, one of the greatest pastors. As we close and as the worship team returns, I want to share this quote. He says, it is also called a living hope because it's imperishable. Other hopes fade like withering flowers. The hopes of the rich, the boasts of the proud, all these will die out as a candle when it flickers in the socket. The hope of the greatest monarch has been crushed before our eyes. He set up the standard of victory too soon and has seen it trailed in the mire. There is no unwaning hope beneath the changeful moon. The only imperishable hope is that which climbs above the stars and fixes itself upon the throne of God and the person of Jesus Christ. No matter where you find yourself today, there is a hope available to you. You can find confidence in the living hope of Jesus because your story isn't over. He's not done writing it. There are chapters yet to be written in your story and in mine. And the reality is Jesus is alive and he's desiring to meet you in this moment.
you're looking around the world and you find your hope slipping, perhaps you've lost hope completely. Let me encourage you to redirect your hope to Jesus. Because hope has a name. That name is Jesus. Never changes, never shifts, never leaves us, never forsakes us. Would you pray with me this morning? Whether it is for the first time in your life that you're saying, I need hope, I need that anchor for my soul, or the 900th time, and you're saying again, God, I need you to show up in my situation. Jesus is the name that all hope can be found. And he's never going to disappoint you. God, we thank you that we can have hope in you, that we can find strength, power, peace, provision. Everything that we need is found in your name. Jesus, we thank you for going to the cross on our behalf so that we could have life and we could have hope. So we celebrate today your death and your resurrection, your victory over death and the grave. We say thank you for giving us a hope. Today, if you are in that place where you're, you're wanting to say yes to God, you're wanting to say, you know what? Yeah, I've, I've, I've watched the world, and it's, 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 it's become a pretty ugly place. And I need something to hold on to in the midst of all of this. We're not here to embarrass anyone or single them out. Our greatest desire is that you would be able to embrace the promise of hope that Jesus has for you. So today, in just a moment, we're going to say a prayer. It's a simple prayer. There's no magic in the words. But the Bible tells us if you confess with your mouth, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that Christ died and was resurrected, you'll be saved. You will, you will receive that hope that surpasses any understanding. In a moment, we're going to say that prayer together. What I would encourage you is just to say the words with your mouth and believe it in your heart. And God's desire is to show up in your situation, in your story, and change everything. Yeah, we're still going to face difficulty. That's part of the deal. We live in a fallen world. But God has the answer and the hope that you need. So this morning, church, can we say this prayer together? If you're watching online, feel free to pray this prayer with us. And we say, Father God, please forgive me. I've sinned and I've made a lot of mistakes. I believe that your son Jesus Christ came to this earth to show me how to live. He died and was raised back to life so that I could have a relationship with you. Ask you today to come into my heart and to be the Lord of my life. Change the things in me I can't change. And I choose to live for you today. In Jesus' name, amen. It's the greatest decision you can make. 
It is a decision to step out of the uncertainty of life into hope. And today we celebrate that hope has a name, and it's Jesus. So I hope you've been encouraged. I hope you've been blessed. We're grateful to have been able to spend time with you. I'm grateful for the opportunity to celebrate Easter. If you don't have a church home and you're looking for one, we would love to have you here at Neighborhood Church. Um, But we also just love the ability to have community together. And so today as you leave, if you haven't got a chance to stop by the photo booth, please make sure that you do. Um, We will have those uh, photographs available for you, uh, both physically and electronically here in the next couple weeks. We've got some donuts and coffee available. Our prayer partners are available. If you'd like to pray with somebody today, uh, they'll be available after the service. Uh, But our greatest desire is that you would go enjoy a beautiful Easter Sunday. We're grateful to have been able to spend this time with you together. Uh, If you want to be with us this Friday for our bingo night, we're going to have a great time. But otherwise, go be blessed. And as we say every week, let's do everything we can to go out and be the neighborhood. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.